Today's sponsor is Sneakers, a DC DMV sports apparel company. Go check out their very cool designs at sneekis.com. Hoodies, t-shirts, hats, and at checkout, enter Pixel and Roll and get 10% off your order. Also, in the process, you help support independent media. So go do it. Thanks a lot. And now, it's the Pixel and Roll Show with Adam Margulis. Welcome to another edition of the Pixel and Roll Show, where we discuss the best basketball team on the planet, your Washington Wizards. Hello everyone, this is Adam McGinnis, it is February 2nd, 2017, did you miss me? How are you doing here in Trump America? It has been a hiatus, I've had some difficulties uh, with the show, Buddy in Town, to the Women's March, the, the inauguration festivities, obviously not for Donald Trump, but just around, I did some podcasts last week that I was not sober for, so I did not publish them, and in the meantime, uh, as we forget about what's going on in the news, the Washington Wizards continually win, so I feel... As someone that has been doing this podcast for a long, long time, that my hiatus is coinciding with the fact that this team is playing the best basketball that we've seen in forever. I need to talk to you all because you've been listening to this podcast for almost two years and we have discussed this team in over and over and over and usually in negative turns because it was such a struggle and a slog last year and this season started off poorly, but yes... The Washington Wizards are playing very well. Today on this show, uh, John Townsend of Truth About It, a colleague of mine, he has not been on for a long time. But we went into uh, all the topics of why this team is doing so well right now. He wrote a really good piece on Otto Porter and what the options are uh, for the Washington Wizards. We discuss a lot of things. It goes on for forever and forever, but it's very entertaining. I think you like listening to me and John ramble on, and you won't get drunk when you listen to it, but maybe you should have a drink afterwards. This is me and John Townsend discussing your favorite basketball team. Enjoy. What a treat! And I was looking up uh, about the fact that you have not been on this podcast for a year. And John, it is like Bill Murray in Puxy Town and Phil. The last time you have talked on the pod, on Picks and Roll, was literally Groundhog's Day last year. Are you and, kidding me? Yes, yes, it is. It is Groundhog's what? Day last year. Yes. <laughs> anyway, uh, with me today is John Townsend. 
Uh, he's a man, we go way back, he, he's in New York City, God knows a lot about the Wizards, John, what is up, That's bro? Been, what is up, bro? How are you? I watched the Wizards. It's It's been years and years and years. And we're still at it. So I think that says a lot about how, the two how, of us. How, how are you? How are you? How are you? Let's start there. Pretty good. You know, it's it's winter, but, if, you know, Did, Phil says it's going to be a long one. Yeah, I was going to say, I was, I'm about to make the joke. Like, Phil saw it again. I, I, you know, whatever. I, like the, I think it's like the Swedes or uh, people in Norway. Like, one of the people in Scandinavia somewhere say that there's no such thing as bad weather, uh, only bad clothing. And I've sort of taken that approach. You know, also, I got to cheat. I was out of the country for a month uh, in the southern hemisphere, so it was nice and sunny. Um, so I got a little tan. Uh, you know, pretty much cheating the system. So I'm, I'm cool with it. I'm doing, I'm doing well, man. Dude, uh, John, uh, my friend today asked me uh, on IM, like, did did the groundhog see the shadow? And I said, yes. And she goes, <laughs> she goes, he he should just stay in the hole in Trump America. Just sleep in there in the soil, uh, uh, down the soil. I laughed. Uh, it's really funny. But John, let's talk about everyone's favorite basketball team, the Washington Wizards. Now, I believe I have not listened to the tape of last Groundhog's Day when we discussed this team, and I believe it was after the Charlotte Hornets game, and me and you talked, and I just was really excited because I played the music. It could have been the Lakers too. I I can't remember. Well, no, 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 no. It actually was. Actually, I'm going to get to that. You, I talked to you and Connor after the Lakers game, after the Kobe stand shit. Okay, right. Good segue for a good foreshadowing for later, but and then me and you just 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 jammed about this team and and what a. I don't know what we were discussing, but I'm pretty sure we're discussing an underachieving, mediocre team, John. The current record of the Washington Wizards, who just defeated, uh, we're recording this on a Thursday night, on obviously Groundhog's Day, February 2nd, 2017. They beat the Lakers 116 to 108 for their 16th straight home victory. The Wizards now are 29 and 20 on the season. They are rolling. John, before we get into the particulars of this team and, and the game we saw this evening, just how has been your thoughts overall? It's your first time on the pod, and everyone I asked of their debut of the pod this season. Just what is your overall sense and your feelings of this basketball team? What have you witnessed uh, over 49 games so far? Yeah, so obviously the it's been a huge turnaround when you compare what's happening now and in the past, uh, I guess, month and a half, two months, than what we saw in the first few weeks of the season. And obviously that's great. I think everyone who's in Wizardland, uh, their mental health is better. Stress levels are down. Because um, in many ways, it, it's, it feels easier to watch a Wizards game. Because before you'd have uh, you know, your phone grip tight, you're watching the game. No matter how many points the Wizards were up, you sort of had this feeling of inevitability that the team that they were playing against, whether they were um, you know, bottom half of the, the standings or one of the better teams uh, in the NBA, that... If the Wizards were up, the lead was at some point going to disappear. Um, but this, at least in the past month, I guess since December 1st, when they sort of started this this nice run, um, they've been able to close out games where last year, uh, in the last few years, they would have choked it away. So, like, even I remember watching, uh, maybe it was just tweeting with back and forth with Connor online during the Hornets game, uh, but the, 
I always say that the Hornets usually have this thing where the Wizards go up, sort of control the game, then the Hornets make a late run, and, and in previous seasons, the Hornets would end up winning. Uh, tonight, even though the Lakers sort of made it close on that crazy transition play where I think Trey Bird got nutmegged accidentally by Clarkson, who hit Williams, who then threw it to Nance Jr. for the alley-oop. That sort of energized them. But I never really felt you know, as close as the Lakers got that the Wizards were going to blow it, which um, is sort of a miraculous thing. Uh, you know, Maybe 2017 isn't so bad after all. Yeah, yeah, John, John it, it, is, it is one of those things as a cynical blogger and someone that has been harping on the negative about this basketball team forever and, and the transition to this expecting bad things to happen to we got this even when we're playing poorly. <laughs> You know, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like, like you would, you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you'd be like, okay, oh my god, here it comes. The Wizards are about to blow it. Here it comes, and like, and I'll give you a great example. The other night, it was like, like where were they at? They were in, uh, it was New Orleans, right? It's just like New Orleans. Like usually on this podcast, like I'll go into each individual game, but I haven't had you on, so we're not going to go break down each individual game. But like the other night, it was New Orleans, and like they were rolling. Playing really well, the offense has been phenomenal. One of the one of the best in the league, and and also in the third quarter comes they're shooting a lot of jumpers. You know, Anthony Davis started doing Anthony Davis things. They come back, and then you like the old Wizards, dude, or like my conditioning of being a Wizards fan for fucking forever. I'd be like, yeah. that that's it. The third quarter is like that's the recap we're gonna write, John. Like this is where the Wizards <laughs> yeah, blew it. Right, right. This is where the wizard blood. And like John, literally, I my my. If you could have given me like a pulse rating, like I was literally the same. Like, like I was like, nope, John Wall. This team's just gonna kind of turn. Like I didn't, I did not feel how it felt before. So it's like I'm feeling this normal. Like we're better, and then when we kind of play poorly for a stretch, we turn it on, and when we turn it on, the other team doesn't have an answer. Whereas, I don't know where that has transformationed. I don't know where that has gone in this season, but it's almost, almost like instead of me just being like exit, 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 like you know, like like feeling like oh my god, like here it is, we're gonna blow it, like like we're gonna go hero ball, we're not gonna pass the ball around, and then all of a sudden, before you know it, Markeith, they come in second unit, they go on a seven zero run, John Wall closes out, we play some defense, and yeah, 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 we we, we beat the we beat the Hornets uh, by thirteen points. Yeah, yeah and even in that even in that Pelicans game, I was watching it at a bar, and uh, you know, early in the first quarter, it just felt like the Wizards had it under control. And, and at this point, they'd already rattled off a bunch of of wins. Um, and even in that third quarter run, you know, I was more focused on the dry rub wings I was eating and my yeah. beer yes. than I was yes. on the game. I was yes. like, okay, like good for you, Anthony Davis. You're great. This is fun. Uh, but yeah, to to your point, I think it's it's a it's a change. And I think. Uh, you know, want to sort of stick up for myself and some some writers at TAI and other places, even you know, folks on Twitter. Um, you know, cynical maybe, but I don't think we were necessarily harping on the negative as much as we were just writing oh. what we saw. It's like this team oh, yes, continues to choke and underachieve. And I think um, even even though you know, I was, I'm at the beginning of the season, especially I, you know, I wasn't sure if Scott Brooks um, was one of the you know top-tier coaches in the league. I'm still not convinced. Obviously, he's not Popovich, uh, Brad Stevens, 
Um, he's obviously a much better coach than Whitman. Um, and I think through the first half of the season, um, you know, there's no argument about that. A lot of people are like, oh, well, what about Scott Brooks now? I don't think anyone before the season was saying that, like, hey, no, you should have kept Whitman because he was some sort of, like, basketball genius that was getting the most out of this team. For years, we were writing that, um, you know, Whitman's got to go. He's holding the team back. He won't play the young players uh, who are showing potential and promise. Um, you know, he's, he's throwing out vets, you know, that, that shouldn't be getting time. Um, so, you know, it's been nice. I think they're definitely playing better basketball. Uh, well, John, 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 let me, let me interrupt you. Let's just, let's just go from 2017, all right? So, and I'm not going to go to each particular thing, but just to prove my point. So, they play the Minnesota Timberwolves on Friday, January 16th, or January 6th. Wiggins went off. The Wizards didn't really play that well at home. But then John Wall makes plays and they win. They go in Milwaukee. A big a Greek freak doesn't play. The Wizards play terribly in the first half. But then they find a way to win. They play the Bulls. Uh, the Bulls had uh, all those players didn't play. John Wall makes a bu- bunch of plays. In the fourth quarter, they win by two points. Uh, they lose in Boston where he gets poked. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you know, they, they, they take care of Philadelphia. They, bl- they blow out Portland. And then you have Memphis again, which they played really well. And then at the end, like the Wizards almost try to blow it, but then they still win. Then we go to the mm-hmm. Knicks, and then they, they beat the Knicks. I mean, they, they, they had won the whole game, and they try to blow it at the end, but then John Wall makes that sick-ass move against Jennings at the end of the game in New York City. Then Detroit, and arguably like the worst basketball that they have probably played since Dallas and Houston, was the first half against Detroit. And they got down big, but then somehow they like they like came back out of nowhere. Like I was about to turn the channel. Like I'm, of course we're not going to turn the channel, but I felt like turning the channel. And you know, it was Trump's inauguration weekend. I was kind of hungover. My buddy left it was Saturday <laughs> night, and all of a sudden I know where the Wizards going. This like immaculate run, and then it's like a you know it's a twin. It's 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 Marcus Marcus Morris pushing off his brother yep. to win the game. And it's and then that's the last game they win, and then they go to Charlotte, and then they take care of business. Uh, let's keep going, and then they and then after that game, dude, they have been on a mission, and then they basically take care of business in these last four games, where they ba- basically they went from, uh, you know, Buck Hans likes to say this, and people are listening, and I looked it up from Charlotte through. I didn't actually see what happened in the next game, but Charlotte through New Orleans, so four games. They do they trailed for like a minute and a half, bro. Yeah, if like, 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 no, 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 no. Here's the trailing. So I look back and like they trailed against Charlotte at the beginning of the game. Like Zeller hit a bucket and they trailed like nine to seven, and then they never trailed again. Never trailed versus Boston. Kicked the shit out of fucking Atlanta, and then in New Orleans. That third quarter we're just talking about, like they had one bucket where Anthony Davis hit a bucket to go up one point. John Wall hit a bucket after that, and they, we never trailed again. So in four yeah. games that they won by ten points, a combined, like, like they won these four games by by a, by an average of fifteen points. They trailed for a couple minutes, and so so now I'm like, 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 like John, this is where I'm talking about the difference. Of what we're talking about, right? Like where I'm trying to like, go from, like, oh my god, like it kind of speaks to what, we're, what you you were mentioning the other. We're like we're waiting for anything that has a lull, right? Some run. We're waiting for this disaster. 
But then the empirical evidence is staring at us. We're like, this team is is firing all cylinders. And I said it, I said it online during during the New Orleans game. And maybe you can speak on this from your stat stuff. And I have some stats that we're going to go into. Dude, we've covered this team since the John Wall era, right? This is year seven. This is the best offense that had, that this team has ever had in the John Wall era. It is, it is arguably. Maybe up there, I haven't looked at the stats where when Gilbert was rolling with you know the big three with you know Jamison and Butler, but right now this offense that is constructed is as good as it's ever been for this basketball team. For sure, yeah. So I guess a couple things that that factor into it. One, uh, obviously, us in, who who watch the Wizards uh, have sort of had the opportunity to to recognize how good of a point guard John Wall. Uh, has been over the past few years. You know, I think we were the sort of the vocal minority that would challenge folks in Cleveland uh, about Kyrie Irving or folks in in Toronto about Kyle Lowry, that like John Wall, two-way player. Um, and I think what's what's nice for him is he's still sh- shouldering like a pretty heavy load. Um, but, he, you know, Martian Gortat's having one of his best seasons. Um Otto Porter's obviously hitting everything from everywhere. Beal actually looks a lot better. Like, there was a, a pass he made early uh, in the second half, I think. It was a pick and roll with, with Gortat. And it was like a little, it wasn't even like a pocket pass because he kind of just, he had the ball around his, um, like, rib cage, but he sort of, you know, pushed his pushed his hand forward, like a little flick of the wrist, bounce pass right to Gortat. Like, that's a play that Beal never used to be able to make before. Like, he's, he's way more under control, um, coming around screens. He knows how to use screens way better. Yes. Uh, in a two-man game, like he he sneaks right past his his screen, forces the defender to take the long way around. Um, so I think you know the, the maturation of both Porter and Beal factoring into that um, in a, in a major way. Uh, but yeah, I think the other thing like uh, the Wizards have been a little bit lucky. So they played some. Oh games no, no, they've, they've been lucky. Uh, yes, there's and no doubt. Like some of the the big highlight players, the primetime players, like you mentioned, Giannis. Um, you know, the Bulls are missing, like, a, a set of yes. guys. They sort of, like, had this favorable uh, schedule so far. But, it, you know, again, you, you can only beat the teams in front of you, and they've done a really good job doing that. Um, so, obviously, you know, the, the one where I have going forward, uh, I guess it's, it's twofold. First, the the back end of the schedule uh, is loaded with away games. And, obviously, they're not as bad as they were, you know, when they were, like, 4-12 and 12 on the road. But they're sort of, like, 8-14. and 14. Um, So... You know, will they finish as strong as they are right now? I'm not sure, especially as teams, you know, are, are putting everything into winning to either try to well, John, John, qualify John, for playoffs. John, John, or... John, let me interrupt you. Before, we're going to get to that. Like, so let me go back. Why is this team turning around? Because okay, they were six and eleven in November. They have been ten and five in December. They were twelve and twelve and four in January, and now one and zero in February. They are twenty three and nine since December first. So. What has been your take? Why this team has turned around the way they have? Yeah, I think I think my my quick reaction is just people getting you know comfortable playing with each other. The system, right? Yeah, I mean, right. and you know, obviously having Beal healthy, and you know, I, I I'm sort of still shocked that he because he's taking some pretty hard skills. Can we not come on? Can we not come on? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, so like, I mean, I, I think just you know being. Uh, Putting out the same lineup, like even you know Scott Brooks is, I think as Ben Standing pointed out, like pretty, uh, 
he puts out his second unit like pretty reliably. Like it's either Burke or Sati is like the only real flex that happens. But for the most part, it's like this team knows what they have to do when they're on the floor. Uh, so you know, I think pro athletes definitely uh, benefit so, from so routine. You're like a cohesiveness. Like, yeah, it's, it's like it's a routine. They they know what their jobs are. They, it's like the the Belichick the Bel, uh, the Belichick sort of thing. Like do your jobs, and I, I sort of hate to to pull that out because obviously I, I hope the Pats lose on on Sunday. But um, you know, athletes thrive on that. They're sort of masters of routine, and I think you know the, the quick reaction is just like they got used to playing with each other. Um, the other thing might just be that the the starters are obviously playing uh, a ton of minutes. In, in part out of necessity. So I, I looked up the stats just now. Um, but out of, out of, I guess, the, the Wizards have four players who are playing 33 and a half minutes or more uh, per game. No other team in the NBA has more than three. Uh, a lot of them have two. Uh, some of them have just one. Uh, so the Wizards are really relying on the, the four high-minute players, Wall, Porter, Gortat, and Beal. Yeah, that's that's their core. Uh, obviously, Keith comes in and, and does does what he does, but um, you know they're all playing 34 or more minutes a game. Uh, Porter's just under 34, but um, you know it, it just comes a, a matter of sustainability. Like come May, um, is is that going to work? Obviously, rotations get shortened, but you know at this point, no other team's playing their starters, um, their big starters, that many minutes. So well, that, that's the well, one thing. Well, who, that who, who leads the league in minutes? In, in overall minutes? Yeah, do you know who it is? Uh, yeah, it's Kyle Lowry at 37-6, and then LeBron. Yeah! That's nice. Who are the two guys that lead the league in minutes? Those two dudes, right? right? John, Wall's, John Wall's eight. Yeah. Um, no, 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 John. John, John I mean, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna get into what my concerns are of the team. But here, they, I know you love stats. Let's talk about stats right quick. Okay, okay. So in November, they were 6-11. Their offensive rating was 19th. The defensive rating was 18th. For people listening, we don't give a fuck about uh, points, points, or or like even like all these stats. These are these analytical stats that people, you know, hate upon. But like this is the only thing that matters, right? Defense and offensive rating. The Wizards were 19th and 18th, just in the month of November. In December, the Wizards were 10 and 5. And their offense improved immensely, and they were seventh in the league in offense efficiency in the month of December, and they were still seventeenth in defense. So even though, even though the offense had improved, right? Like I was like, oh my god, like the defense, which is a lot of the second unit, which we're going to get into in a little bit. And then January, are you ready for January? They are twelve. And, they were twelve and four in January. Sixth in offense and fifth in defense, John. <laughs> it's like I ran the numbers and I was like, "Holy shit!" Because it didn't seem like the defense had really improved that much. You know what I mean? Because like the offense had been humming, right? Like everyone was kind of, you know, Otto was getting his thing, like Wall was doing his thing, Beal had been healthy, like you know, like like Markeith had upped his game as well. And so overall, so total, so total now. The Wizards are ninth in offense overall in the NBA currently, efficiency in twelfth in defense, and the reason the defensive part is is applicable to you, because if you look, if you go through the stats, John, uh, to be successful in the playoffs, you do not have you have to have a top ten defense. Like like if you go through the list, like there's like you know there'll be some like you know outliers. 
But statistically, if you go, like, who makes the conference finals? Who wins two or three rounds in the playoffs? Like, if you look at what their defensive rating is for that season, they are a top ten defensive team. Like, like there isn't, like, oh, my God, we were second and then 20th in, in, in defense, and we made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, no, no, no. You have to be the ten. So that I was always kind of concerned, even though we were playing well in December. And when I look at these stats and say fifth, but, like, I don't really know why that – I mean, I, I guess, like, I kind of want to know why that is because I think in the sense that it comes back to the Randy Whitman thing, which is a great segue where we're headed to, is that Randy Whitman would be like, why is your defense bad? Because, like, the defense would be really good. Like, why is your offense bad? Or, like, he'd be like, well, if you score, then you don't have to, pl- you don't have to play this defense. But, like, if you then, – then if you miss a shot, then you're, you're, you're scrambling, which is actually true, right? So, so maybe it's the sense is that the offense start humming so much, and I'm not gonna get like like that's not why why right? But I also feel like um, like there's been a concerted effort on Beal, and the second unit's been better. I think Markeith has picked it up. I think I think Gortat as well. But there's this piggyback of like the offense keeps humming, and the second unit has improved. That there isn't this burden on the first unit to come back when the second unit was so terrible as early in the season. Well, and, and I, it's I'm kind of like a piggyback thing. I'm going to interrupt you. What do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Actually, Tell me. just discovered a, a fun fact here. Um, between the start of the season in October and the 30th of November, uh, the bench unit, and this is per NBA.com, yes. was averaging 15.1 uh, minutes per game. Since December 1, that's down to 13.9. Yes. While the Wizards got hot, what seems actually, you know, it's it's not necessarily causation, but the, the correlation here um, is that the Wizards started winning when the second unit, which everyone called, was worse than it was in... in it was historically one of the worst. It was historically, like, historically bad. Actually. Right. So as, as the bench played fewer minutes, and the rotation, I guess, was staggered a little bit better by... Brooks, they started winning. The other interesting thing is that uh, the Wizards have played 11 games decided by three points or less. Um, I'm not sure if that includes tonight's action, but that's the most in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Actually, New York has one more close game, but they've played a ton of close games, and they're six and five, so the, like they're pretty. Oh, even on those. Ooh, ooh, that's actually good, actually. Honestly. It is, but you know, I think I think that also factors because in that's like, like fluking. Like if we were like nine and two, I'd be like, oh my god, like that's a fluke thing. But like right, so, six and five so, is you good. Know, the Wizards obviously have a really good record right now, but I think you also have to factor in that because the second unit isn't in for as long, the the gaps, like the the deficits that the starters have to make up, aren't as big because they're out there, they're controlling the action. So I think it's it's sort of a combination of. Of Brooks, because this goes back into my minutes thing that I was talking about a few minutes ago, where um, Brooks has sort of realized that for the Wizards to win uh, and get where they want to be come playoff time, he has to play. You know, he has to ride his horses. Well, um, well, so. John, John, let's start. Let's go back. Let's go back. I haven't had you obviously uh, since. Uh, you know, it's a doozy uh, from from Groundhog Day. Your thoughts when this team hired Scott Brooks? Let's start there. Uh, it, was, it was long overdue. I mean, I, I think I no, no, people no, follow me on I mean, Twitter. No, 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 no. I mean, like, what were your feelings about when this team? I mean, just go, you know, go for Whitman or Brooks or like, what were you thinking of Scott Brooks? Like, what was your, where are you at? Like, where was your head at about like how optimistic, pessimistic? What was your concerns or how did you feel about? I mean, obviously, I know 
I know you want to move on from Whitman, but continue yeah. on. I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I mean, I guess I I thought he would obviously do a better job, sort of hopefully getting talent and getting production out of some of the young players on the roster, which it seems like he kind of has, um, you know, sort of, I guess, handle late game situations better. Um, you know, I, I think he, he's exceeded expectations so far. Um, so you're okay. You were okay with the hire. Yeah, I was, I was okay with the hire. I guess my only frustration was that they, you know, much like uh, some of their draft picks, like Otto Porter or whatever, they, once they know, like Jan Vesely, once they know who they think they want, once they, like, sort of set their target on someone, um, that's it. There's no sort of talking them out of it or, you know. You mean no, no other interviews? Fine. No other like, interviews? We just give him $25 right. so, million I mean, five I guess years. that's... That was my only frustration with yeah. it. Um, but him as him as a coach, you're okay with, especially with what you, how frustrated you were with Randy Whitman, correct? Right. It's like you know, you you drive a hoopty and then someone offers you a Jetta, you're going to be like, all right, yeah, oh, sweet. So so so, Scott Brooks. So so that's how you felt originally. So what have you seen? What Scott Brooks has produced? Uh, over the season, or his maturation, or his he, how he's evolved over the season. Yeah, I think I think a lot of that's just managing. You know, I, I don't. And some people talk about like managing personalities, and you know, recognizing that you know, not playing Nicholson, for example, despite his contract. And I, I I've been sort of in the mindset always that a good coach doesn't look at the salary cap spreadsheet and and you know say, oh, this guy's making six million dollars a year, he deserves X amount of minutes, like. No self-respecting coach or a coach that wins anything approaches it uh, the way he, you know, in, in that sense. I think you just try to put the best players on the court, um, and he's done that. You know, the, the Wizards bench is playing the second fewest minutes in the league, uh, but when they are, that you know, I, I think we've seen some some interesting things out of um, Trey Burke, who went from train wreck into like car crash or, or fender bender. He's, he's he's done fine. I I don't think he's a long-term guy. In Washington, you know, he wouldn't be my pick. Uh, but Jason Smith has been okay in his spurts. So I don't, I don't know if it's, it's – it's, I guess it's a combination of doing really well, getting the most out of Porter, who um, you can see sort of uh, smiling and, and sort of, you know, giving players shit out there, which – you you really let's, go, let's go back. Do you think – do you remember when he was like, well, hey, uh, Otto Porter, Ubre, your spot's open. Right? right, and now Otto yeah. Porter is shooting the best. Like we're going to get an Otto Porter now. He's shooting the best three pointers in the league. Yeah, was well, we all I thought that was, that was like sort of a silly, a silly thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. obviously Porter. But, was the but guy. maybe that was like his way to like kind of push some buttons on the back end. Like I didn't maybe even think, I didn't even he, think about that point. We've always we've always known Porter needs the the ribbing. Yeah. Like I know Pierce sort of made that clear. Um, but you know, but, like but uh, how about his rotations and like how you. Yes. They've, they've been good. Right? Yeah, they're, they're reliable. It's flexibility, you know? They're reliable. He puts, you know, John in at the right time. Like, I know women, one thing he was guilty of was always letting the bench, like, leaving the bench stranded and getting punked on the court, like, a minute or two too long. Um, and I know, you know, you could see it on Twitter where the team starts making a comeback or growing the lead, and everyone's like, you know, there's five minutes left. Put Wall in. Like, where's Beal? Yeah. Uh, where's Gortat? Like, why, like, Humphreys, yeah. why is Humphreys in? And Gortat has Gortat has 14 rebounds and hasn't played in the fourth quarter, right? Right. And then he tweets some passive aggressive thing afterwards about how he doesn't play, right? And, there's been some there's been some funny things I think just in, in the in the maturation of Porter and uh, he, he looks definitely more comfortable than he ever has and I'm I'm still you know not 100 percent sure he's like 
uh, on the level of some other young players. But I think it's funny. Uh, this guy, he, his name on, on Twitter is Dan Snyder at Mr. DC Sports Senior. Um, you know, took a screenshot of Otto on Snapchat with a shirt off and a beanie, like walling out. And then some other guy, Sunil C47, apparently Yo, says hold on. that. Otto's on, Otto's on Snapchat? I didn't I did, I did follow. Yeah, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Otto Day Porter 22. Uh, yeah, but another game, told him, he told yeah. an opponent, he was like, don't talk to me, bro. This is Otto to some, some person on another team, which, you know. He's such I, a millennial, John. Like, so he's not on yeah. Facebook or Twitter, but he's on. He he fucking brings it on Instagram, and he's bringing it on Snapchat. <laughs> IPO. They just saw IPO today. So. So anyway, keep going. I'm sorry to interrupt. So he was like, "What what do you do?" He was like, he screenshotted and said that like he was, um, he, he was like in one game apparently Otto was jawing with someone and he said, "You don't talk to me, bro." Like, I guess it must have been a rookie or something, but. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think you know whether that's Brooks or just him feeling better about his game now that if, if you look at his shooting chart, I mean, or a shot chart, oh, it's just oh, it's oh, just no, all great. No, no, there, no, so. no, we're, we're, no, we're going to get an auto. I think, let me finish Scott before we move on. It's like what I've what I've noticed, and like these are critiques, John. Like where I was like, okay, Marcus Thornton early on, right? I, uh, I mean, like so much Marcus Thornton, and like. He was like the backup to Beal. Then Beal got hurt. Then he was playing. And then I was like, you know, and Marcus Thornton can get hot a little bit and do some things, but like can't play no defense. He would hijack the second unit. And yep. second and second unit was having issues because Trey Burke wasn't a wasn't wasn't a point guard. Yeah, Jason Smith, Yamahini wasn't really protecting the rim. He had he hadn't really figured out a way to, Kelly Oubre was trying to do too much, right? So you had like this combination that just wasn't really mixing. At all, right? And like the only offense really was, for better or worse, like Marcus Thornton jacking these shots. And since he is bench Marcus Thornton, you know, and Jason Smith has played better, and Kelly Oubre has played within himself, and, and and Trey Burke has has you know played off the ball a little bit. And I still feel like Thomas Sandaransky should be the backup point guard sometimes a little bit more in the second unit. But that's me nitpicking. But what I always liked though about Scott Brooks is that like. Like, dude, like, we saw with, we saw with Whitman, man, like, when dudes got buried, y'all, like, when guys got their shot and didn't get a play again, like, when they got called back again, like, they were done. Yeah. Like, like they were toast. And, like, Scott Brooks has had a way where it's just like, you know, like, oh, hey, you haven't played for a while or whatever. Like, McClellan, you know, can't even, he doesn't play for a while. Now he starts or he plays some good minutes or, like, Trey Burks – even though Trevor was, was struggling, or Ubre, like he found a way, and, I, and to tell you the truth, it's not just Scott Brooks; it's the whole coaching staff, right? right. Like, like, who has found a way to be like when your name is called? Like, I feel like there is a level of, and I, and I'm gonna ask him. I'm probably gonna write something about it uh, eventually, just about this. Like, what do you communicate with him, right? Like, I feel like there's a, there's a level of communication that he's had with these dudes. That Whitman just never had. He was a hard ass. Like, you play, and, like, you're out, you're in the doghouse, and you know why. Where Scott Brooks is just like, yo, man, this is why you didn't play tonight, or my open door. You know, and I, th- I think, like, Randy was not as hard as it was perceived, but I also knew, like, people were scared to come to him. And and I and I think that, like, Scott Brooks is, like, he, he feels, like, on the back end from observation that he's more conducive. And it's shown, it's shown. Or because, like, now look at Thomas Sadoransky. He didn't play for fucking a goddamn, like, six weeks, right? He did a three tonight against the Lakers. Yep. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, you know, I'm not I saying, the- 
and I keep going. Like so, that's I, I feel like that is like something behind the scenes that I feel is conducive to where Scott Brooks is aware. It isn't just like oh, Kevin Serafin or Chris Singleton or Vesley, you didn't do anything. You're buried in the doghouse for fucking six weeks, and I don't care about you. Whereas right. it's so, like you know, keep going. I, I think I think some of that is uh, you know, Whitman's obviously like a hard ass, like you said, and. I don't know how many times he, he brought up effort after oh, losses or, or poor performances. I think he does a player. So it's like, man, I'm giving 100% effort. Like, give us something more than just, like, try harder, run harder, yeah. play harder basketball. So I think, you know, Scott Brooks probably, I mean, I'm, like, pretty sure about uh, this. He, he has more sort of nuanced advice about, you know, how to navigate a screen or how to shake your man when you're when you're running a curl or you know what to look for if if the like defense is icing pick and rolls whereas Woodman was probably just like if you just execute and, and try hard and run hard uh you know we'll win 50 games or whatever so I, you know i think it goes back to you know there's there's metrics for players uh about every single thing like even these days about how many times they dribble per possession how fast they're moving but none of that's really available for coaches besides win loss. But I'm sure if you went like value over replacement coach between Brooks and Whitman, there'd be no contest. So I think you know the Wizards definitely benefiting benefiting from have from having like a proven, real NBA coach. And you know that's evident in the record. It's evident in players' attitudes. What was your perception of Scott Brooks? Scott Brooks. My perception. I'll tell you. You can tell me. Is it like? Yo, man, like you had Russell and Katie, they ran around, it seemed like you didn't know really what plays to run, and you played Kendrick Perkins way too much uh, when you were trying to beat the, the Heat. Right? Yep. Like, it seemed like they freelanced or whatever. Dude, that's not our perception of him at all right now. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, and then now you look, like, what is Russell Westbrook doing in Oklahoma City? Is he not just freelancing and do whatever he wants? Uh, he's doing awesome <laughs> stuff. I actually think Westbrook gets uh, sort of a bad rap that, you know. But don't you really think that like, Scott Brooks got a bad rap then a little bit, right? Like, maybe, I, maybe. See, but I, 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 do think, right? I do think just because Westbrook is, like, one of the most ferocious, tenacious uh, exciting players with this like amazing hops, and he tries to dunk on everyone. He's actually a really smart basketball player, so I don't. I, I think that's sort of no, lost no, when people. No, 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 John. What I'm saying is that like people will complain. They'd be like, "You need to run these like elaborate plays." Oh yeah. Instead, of just let that's Russ right. be Russ, right? right. Was he right. not le- letting Russ be Russ? What is Billy? I mean, Don- yeah, what, what is, not like, Billy- you know, is it not Billy Donovan just letting Russ be Russ? Like you know, like I. You know, like I can get you on the uh, no, no. I, I, you know, I totally agree with you. Like, think about like they're like, oh, Russ is a ball hog. Like, does he not? Like, is he not top ten in assists his whole career in the NBA? <laughs> like, you can't be a ball hog if you're like a top ten assist. Well, right? I mean, so, so <laughs> right? to, to sort of play on that, to sort of play on that, I guess you know, one nice thing that you could say about Brooks is that uh, in that same exact sort of mold, like he let wall be wall. Yes. Uh, I always felt like women, Wall was doing all these amazing things, despite, uh, the system he was sort of locked into. That was, you know, the, the spacing was always horrible, which is something that we were, we like rarely say this year. Like, Oh, they're like all cramped up, like no, no spaces for, for cutters or open shots in the perimeter. Like clearing some of those bodies out of the paint obviously yes. makes John wall much more dangerous and, I don't, and again, it's just like it's it's refreshing to have a coach that just like you know gets it. Sees Wall and like just gets it because like it always seemed like it was the 
people on Twitter fighting with uh, Whitman, and he was, like, saying he hated analytics, and we're like, oh, I yeah. hope you're not serious, oh, and just went back and forth, and obviously, like, you know, I, I think it's it's uh, it's a world of difference, and... Well, um, the, the thing that stands out to me about early in the season was, like, when Bradley was struggling on a, on his shooting at the beginning of the season, they got hurt, and then, and, like, Brooks came back, and people were asking about it, and, like, Brooks is like, uh, do you just want to be a shooter, bro? I mean, he didn't say it like that, but, like, he was like, Every practice, he'd be like, Bradley, do you just... Because Bradley's, like, sulking, doing his, like, you know, bow-bow, sulking, panda thing, right? That you see on the court. Because he was, like... He was struggling. I mean, at the beginning of the season, he was shooting, like, you know, like, very poorly from three. Then he then he got hurt, missed a couple of games, and came back. He was struggling. And Brooks is like, do you want to be a shooter? Or do you want to be a basketball player? And he said, the thing is, it reminded me, is like, that's what he said in his press conference. And I asked him a question. That's what he said. Uh, that's what he said in Bradley Beal's contract uh, thing. And that's what he said before the season. And then he said it during the season. And like, dude, like, it kind of reminds me of like, yo, like, this isn't just about like Bradley being like hot, right? Like, and I'll give you a good example as well. Like two weeks ago, what, he missed 20 fucking threes in a row, right? Yep. And then he five threes in the first half tonight against the Lakers, and and like and like in 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 Brooks's part is like, do you want to be a good shooter or do you want to be a good basketball player? Like so, like I felt like it was his way to be like, yo, dude, I'm not gonna like yell at you for not keep shooting. Like that's the point. But like if you're gonna sulk, go play defense, go be a playmaker, right. go make your free throws. Like you know what I mean? Like there is there is so many different aspects where I never felt like Whitman ever emphasized that for better or worse, and I feel like I've seen that I've seen that maturation in Bradley Beal from the free throw line, uh, from from Wall and Beal, where like his confidence eventually when he started doing those things, which is why he's a good coach, I guess, is that like you know started getting steals. Like one game he'd have five he'd have five assists at half. Right, like he's a little bit more playmaker, and like, and he'd yeah. do like, you know, like he'd have some block tonight. He had a sick ass block, right? Like, and, and so then I was like, well, wow, you're right. Like, it's just like, yo, you're like, how, like, do you want to be an all star or be a one dimensional shooter? Right? Do you want to be Bradley right? Beal or do you want to be Nick Young? And, and, and like, I felt like that's what he needed to hear after signing a hundred twenty million dollar fucking contract, dude. You yeah. know what I mean? And struggling. Because, like, anyone else after that, like, I feel like they just be like, okay, just keep shooting. We're on some plays for you. You know? And I don't know. I'm not privy to all those conversations. But, like, that's that's where I felt like Scott Brooks has gone. Okay, let's keep going. All right, so uh, let's go negative. What's your concerns about this basketball team moving forward? Yeah, I sort of, I sort of mentioned a couple of those. So, one, obviously, they're the, the second half of the schedule is sort of loaded with away games so um we'll, we'll see how they do when they're away from the friendly confines of of the phone booth uh so that's one two uh i i think just how how much stamina um the those top four players have so wall beal porter and gortat uh as, as i mentioned you know i don't know how long ago 15 minutes or whatever uh, they're all playing, you know, 34 minutes a game. No other team is more than three players doing that. Um, so obviously it's great, and they're winning now. And as as Rashad always likes to say, uh, you know, you got to harvest your nuts uh, in the winter, and they're doing that. But you know, come May, uh, you know, can they can they keep playing 
uh, more, when other teams might be a little bit more rested and a little bit more fresh. So um, those are the big two. And obviously, you know, the third one that isn't isn't a real one, injuries, obviously all 30 teams worry about that. Um, so, but yeah, so, so far, so good. There's, you know, the, the two things are just the wear on the, on the four starters there um, and winning away from home. That's true. Uh, I would say, uh, by the way, that's an Eddie Jordan uh, quote that he loves. He loves to mention. Uh, yep. the, Wizards, the Wizards are yes. cur- the, the, the Wizards are currently twenty one six at home and eight and fourteen on the road, but they have won four games on the road in like the last week. So so uh, so that means that so that means that they have you're right. So there's twenty seven games at home and they have twenty two on the road. Uh, you know, I, I talked a lot of shit earlier in this podcast in in January and December about like how tough the schedule would get uh, in January and how they need to be 500 and, and all that. And everything I said was was ended up being a bunch of bullshit. But but I will what I will give you for uh, my concern is a run that is coming up, which is going to be after after the All Star break. Uh, after the all-star break, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Okay, okay. After the all-star break, which God, is it a week now? Do, do we have a whole week? Is that what happens still? I, 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 I think so. I think it's like it's like yeah, five no, days. No, or something, no, right? no, the, the, no. The Wizards have eight-day layoff. Okay. Oh wow. So, okay. okay. So, uh, so basically, they don't play till Friday. So the all-stars on you know all-star weekend, and then Friday they play at the Sixers. Okay, you ready? Uh, yeah. You ready for this run? Uh, Utah at home on Sunday, Golden State on Tuesday at home, at Toronto, and then Toronto at home. So th- that run. So after the All Star break, I mean, like Toronto is the team, right? So and Utah is good too. So like, and at Philly's gonna be tough. So like, that's literally after the All Star break, wherever we, whatever we stop. And then we go on the, and then we play Orlando at home, and then go on the West Coast at Phoenix, at Denver, at Sacramento, at Portland, at Minnesota. Yeah. So so so, like, so 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 like so see those so like what's that like eleven games? Yeah. Like if they like just kind of like go like you know what I mean like five like six and five seven and four, right? You know, and, they, and then you know, and then there's another stretch that I'll be more concerned with. Uh, I am concerned about the wear and tear, but here's the thing that's been different: is that like, there's been these games where like we just sat out the fourth quarter. Portland's a good example. Uh, where like the thing of me and Rashad would be bitching about like John Wall needs to be on the ice pack waving the towel. We've had some of those recently. Tonight yeah, for, was for sure. Tonight is not sure. one of them. Tonight has not been one of them, but there's been more than that we have not. Uh, I feel like you know, like, so that's kind of my worry, uh, you know. But any any injury will happen. So this is why I had you on, uh, John. Are you here? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So uh, truth about it for those people listening, uh, John is is the deal. Let's just talk about truth about it. Like I feel like I like you know I have a journalism degree in sports. Uh, I've been doing this shit for this Wizards in the site for a long time. Uh, trying to branch out. I do all the social media, by the way. So go go follow us on all that. Uh, that makes some social media magic. But these these friends of mine can write just poetic arguments, you know, 
that are really good. And Mr. John Townsend is a phenomenal writer. He's amazing. And he wrote a piece about Mr. Otto Porter uh, recently. Go to Shoot Pilot to, 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 to read it. And John, before here's the thing. Is that it is... It, it, it is ultimately the question, and it's funny because before the season, and one of, two of my keys were like, can Otto make the leap? Does he make the leap? And me and Jake Whitaker were on a podcast in the summer, and like we were pretending that Otto made the leap. And we were talking about like what this contract situation would be, and like la la la, and all this money. And it was kind of funny for us to throw these numbers out and this stuff out. And I was like, oh, my God, Wizards fans listen to this right now are going to have a heart attack because we don't know if Otto can play 80 games and do something, right? Yeah. So it was like, but if he does, like, this is what, we, what would be the sitch, right? And, like, and, and, and I said in the preseason with Troy Halbert on this podcast, and, and I wrote about it, and, you know, I saw Markeith was a key, but I always thought that this leap of this team, and it ends up being correct, and I wouldn't say it's correct, correct, because it was always about like health and John Wall and Bradley Beal. But it was always about this team can be something different. Otto has to be a three D guy. He has to shoot the three better. But I was thinking like 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 John, like I was thinking like forty percent. You know what I'm saying? Like I was like doing some auto things, like Ding up, like like you know when John Wall's at summer league, like bitching about how Otto was like tired last last year. Right? Like, I was like, yo, dude, Otto, just, okay, don't be tired. Just shoot, like, 40 from three. And now he's leading the league at three. He's hold his own. He has found his groove. He is, he's been efficient. He's been a good rebounder. Uh, and he has done things that I never saw happen. And then now there's this question of what's gonna, gonna do with his team, regardless of what, what goes on, uh, with, I mean, obviously, what happens is the Wizards in the playoffs will have some bearing. But this this question that you wrote about is still going to be relevant. So uh, I want I want you to describe your piece and talk about your arguments and where you're at with that. Yeah, it's it's, it's the biggest question facing the Wizards. Uh, one of the biggest questions they've had in a while. You know, I, I think this is this one's even uh, bigger than whether to Max Beal. I think. Oh, I agree for sure. I agree for sure. Like you know, I think Beal's those are no brainers. Those are no brainers, yeah. right? Like the same the same way, like giving Wall a max contract also no brainer. No, no brainer. Like all the people who are like, well, I don't know if he's worth it. Uh, I won't name all the names, but it's just like, man, come on, like he's the guy. He's clearly the guy. Just you know, pay him, obviously. Um, but you know, Porter's Porter's an interesting case because obviously he is is hitting from everywhere, like across the top of the arc, forty seven percent from three. At the top of the arc, 53%. 47, John, 47. I know, the, the top 53%, the right side, 51%, like absolutely draining everything. So I was like, you know, I was, I was interested in, in figuring out exactly how Otto is doing this because obviously um, when you when you watch it, you know, John Wall runs the pick and roll, gets in the paint, kicks it out, Otto's there, splash. And this happens multiple times a game, every game. So I, I wanted to dig into the numbers and, and see what was going on. And what I found was actually pretty interesting. Uh, and you know, plus NBA.com slash stats that has all the all the the fun statistical nuggets uh, that you could hope for. Um, and it was interesting because the majority of his his offense comes uh, with zero dribbles. So whether he's you know getting a pass right at the rim for an easy layup uh, or just catching it out at the three point line, feet set, 
catch and shoot. Uh, it's easy. You know, he, he's the he's the perfect sort of complementary player in the Wizards scheme, uh, where he's you know even if he's checking uh, a top player, you know he's got help behind him. There's more athleticism with Markeith Morris out there, uh, but John Wall and Bradley Beal sort of you know take some of the the quicker guys out there. And on offense, you know we, the Wizards don't run a lot of, of stuff for Porter. Yes, thank you, uh, thank you, thank you. Do you know that's a beef? I'm sorry to interrupt. Do you know that's like a like a beef in like uh, like the like the comment sections of Wizards Reddit or Bullets Forever, like someone will all of a sudden out of nowhere be like, Otto's doing this without like them running plays for them. Right. And, and <laughs> it's true though. Is, this, is it not true? Is it not true? Some of this is, some of this is just like basketball, right? And it yeah. sort of made, made the statement that uh, Porter, like many wing players through the years, is benefiting and, and living off the welfare state. Uh, like a Rizzo, exists. Webster, in, yeah, Luna DC, Lewis, like, right? Uh, I think it's different though. Butter, all those guys. So yes. you know he like seven butter, yeah, right. Like, almost yeah. like three quarters of his offense comes with zero dribbles. Um, it's all cast and shoots. Uh, he takes one dribble about thirteen percent of the time, and then the rest of like any more than one dribble, it's just like split. You know, one to six or more dribbles is just split uh, into just like tiny pieces. So like really, it's like one dribble and a shot. Wide open shoot, so it, it's really easy for him. So my question going forward: He's obviously going to get the max from someone. Uh, does he deserve it? Sure. It, I don't. I never base it off like uh, does does Reggie uh, deserve more than than Jay Wall in DC? Like no, but he just happened to be a free agent by the time. Does Evan uh, Turner deserve ninety million dollars? Right. Like, like and fuck so, off. You know. You know does Timothy Mozgloff deserve how much fucking money he got? Right. Come on. It's, it's an issue of it's an issue of market dictating. I interrupt you though, John. Like when you said that you were in the numbers with Otto before the dribble stuff. Like, what did you find in like his numbers that like you said there's something that like came out that was striking to you? Yeah. Well, I, I think it's just that you know when you look at his shot chart. Uh, he's hitting from everywhere. Like it's it's the most beautiful green uh, piece of of basketball land you could ever imagine. Uh, but when you dig a little deeper, it's just like this is being served up on a silver platter. And obviously, yeah. he's doing an amazing job converting. But on he's also not. But also, here's the yin and the yang. Like he's not trying to do too much, right? Right. Like, he's so, not. He's not hijacking possessions. Right. Right. So, right, I mean, right. Like think about think about like like can't like Evan Turner can't shoot a three or can't baseball, and he's like. 10 seconds to get open, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, all these other dudes, like you would say, they're like, I mean, I guess Wissy Matthews, I guess, a little bit. I don't know. It doesn't need as much, but like, we're kind of some of these other guys, like, but then they end up being just like three, three point specialist guys. But I feel like, but go deeper in the numbers because I feel like the argument for Otto is deeper in the numbers. Right. So I'll, I'll say if, if you want to rim, get into all the, the, the nitty gritty numbers. At the, at the rim. I feel yeah. So if, if you're listening and you want to, you want to get all the nitty gritty numbers, like he's shooting sixty seven, so sixty eight percent at the rim. At the rim, uh, but, at the rim, yeah. two thirds, which is like better than like most bigs, right? Right. So so again, if you, if you want to get into the numbers and and like enjoy that, because it's actually it's pretty fun to to go through. Yeah. Yeah. Go to go to choosebadit.net. But my question sort of rests on the thing where. Um, a lot of this is, is obviously him playing the role perfectly. You know, yeah. the offense runs through Wall and Gortat, and Gortat's actually shooting the best on the team when he gets a pass from Wall. He shoots 67% anytime he gets a pass from Wall, yeah. um, which is incredible. 
uh, Porter's is still high. It's not quite that high. And obviously the second option, uh, along with Gortat, is Beal. You know, Morris is there for kickouts on the pick and pops. Um, and then Porter's just, like, if you watch even the game tonight, as the ball moves around, like, Porter's just left wide open. So when the ball comes to him, you expect him to hit it. And obviously uh, people like Rizul Butler have sort of thrived in these same settings. Porter's obviously better than people like uh, Rizul Butler and some of the other wings they've had in the past. So obviously Porter deserves the max contract. I guess the, the question for me is whether it's worth – worth it for the wizards because some team is going to give him the max time for a commercial break that is right i have a sponsor sneakers a dc dmv sports apparel company go check out their website at sneks.com cool hoodies neat t-shirts dope hats and at checkout you get 10 percent off your order when you enter pixel and roll and in the process you help support this wizards independent media they have an awesome new DC football shirt that I really enjoy and I'm also going to try to cop this sunset hat so please help this podcast out and help me out and I really appreciate all your support now back to the show let's go pro and cons on this yeah so just to finish finish the point like obviously Porter is is great in the setting he is I guess the the question is whether he makes the Wizards uh he puts the Wizards where they want to be chasing championships and I guess the the question for me is like, you know, max contracts get handed out across the league all the time, and if if I were to be able to call shots, I would at least be be exploring trades. And I guess for the Wizards, it, do they think that he can be a game changer, not just a guy who can play alongside Wall and Beal and Gortat? Because you don't pay someone max money to be a complimentary player, and right now that's exactly what he's doing. And yeah, sure, he yeah. he's fitting the role perfectly. Uh, you couldn't really ask any more from Porter, but that's not why you give players max contracts. You give players max contracts because they can Euro step into dunks from the three point line, like Giannis. Uh, you give max contracts to players like Wall, who can not only lead the league in assists, but also, you know, drop a ton of points if they need to, like take over games. Um, so when you go through, when you go through it, like call Anthony Towns, max player, there's no doubt about it. Anthony Davis, obviously. Um, and Bede, like he's a complete freak. Giant dude, 22, like Porzingis, another guy, like Jokic. Okay, okay, um, but you're, you're talking about big guys. Like guys yeah, but like Jokic and, and like all these guys got it. To, no, I'm talking about Wiggins. like wing players that shoot the three, though. This right, like Wiggins can do it. Um, like Devin Booker in Phoenix, like that dude's a beast. Yeah. Uh, interesting, like Zach Levine or Zach Levine. Yeah. Has become I, an amazing three-point shooter, too. Yeah. So, like, I, I'd give him one. He plays like, no defense. He plays no defense, though. It like, just – again, so, like – I, I, I don't think I would I know as much as the Wizards do because they see Porter play every day. But if I, if you were to take Porter and put him on Milwaukee... Oh, yeah, Giannis, oh yeah. He, he would not do as well, for sure. And put Giannis next to Wall and Beal, like, the Wizards might, you know, they might be up there with you okay, know, the top... Okay, well, 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 let's go back. So, like, I think that uh, it, it's bizarre because, like, if we go back to, like... Let's just go back to the draft. I want to take Noel... Right, and you wanted them to take uh, Oladipo. Let's go back to the day, right? And Oladipo goes before uh, Noel slides, and Noel was hurt, and then Otto Porter just kind of, you know, just had nothing that first season, and then maybe got a little bit better second season. The free Otto chance happened, and then all of a sudden his third season comes out, and like, uh, and like, you know. 
Paul Pierce is yelling at him and saying all this shit, right? And like, and he got better or whatever, but then like last year was his time to shine without Paul Pierce and it didn't really happen, right? And then, and then all of a sudden, so that's why I was saying like this preseason, like Otto, if you play really well, when Ken Bazemore, and let's keep going, Tyler Johnson, who doesn't even fucking play, got 80 fucking, what did he get, $70 million? Della Dola got forty fucking million dollars. Like let's go down the fucking list of these fucking dudes who were just like I mean like 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 not as good, right? But like I was like, if you're good, you can get play. And it, it is Kansas fruition. But let's go back, like Otto cannot get the ball in the wing and get you twenty, right? No that's not his game. Right? Right. And then but then all of a sudden he's became a spot up shooter, but then all of a sudden he can cut and rebound. Well, he, he, he can finishes. always cut and rebound. You know, you know what I mean? Like, so, so it's like, it's not just he's just like shooting 45 or 47% from the field. But yeah, I'm just talking, like, doesn't mean I'm going to give him $120 million fucking dollars. I'm just saying, like, what his game is instead of, like, some super player where it's like, oh, yeah, if he's on for three, it's all good. Like, he's able to contribute different ways. That doesn't mean you want to give him max money. But, John, let's go back. So if the Wizards let him go, so, so here's the deal. Here's the deal, right? So the the best option, honestly, is for them to trade him right now. And Wizards fans listening to this is probably going to be like, why would you trade out of Porter who's shooting the best, who's working, we're, we're running? Because if we trade him now, it will be the most value he'll have because if we go in the offseason and we don't match him or he leaves, do you know that, like, do you know, like, we only get $5 million if he goes, bro? So it's like, so, like, we either sign him for, I mean, you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, so, I mean. So, what, 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 give me the stats. You know what I'm talking about? Like, so it's like, so if he goes and signs somewhere else, we basically only have $5 million under the, under the luxury tax of the salary cap to sign a replacement for Otto Porter. Or, right. or we sign him for the max. Which doesn't really count, count, but which obviously counts for like later on, right? Or we trade him now, which which I and know, right? It, like that's the option, like correct? His, right? Porter's value, like if if the Wizards w- wanted to sell high, like if they just think he's going to be great out eventually to be like a, a a good starter, a role player, which is essentially where I put him. Like, do you want to give him the max? I'm not sure. So if if you wanted to trade Porter, his his value is never as high as it's going to be right now. Because once you pay him, and maybe he yeah. doesn't sort of hit that next level, um, it, you know, it's just, we it's just not going to get better. We just won 16 in a row. We can't trade out of Porter. Though, I know, but right? So, right? so right? the thing is, like, is, is he going to be, like, What's 30 million better than, like, is, is he going to, obviously, market sets a lot of this money talk, but is he going to be, like, $30 million Better than, like, Jake Crowder? Probably not. Let's go back. Do you think that there's a team that's going to give Otto Porter the max if we don't? Yeah. Yes, right? Right? Is that the answer to this, right? Right? So if we think there is... Yeah, there's there's no doubt. Right? Like, I don't know how shitty a team, but, like, if we try to undercut him, some team's going to come out and try to give him the max. They're going to have that that sourcat space. So that means, like, (laughs) like, we either got to trade him now... Yep. Or pay him the max, or let him walk, and then and then replace him with five million dollars for a player. Yeah, I, and I, I think the, the, just, is it not the three options that are happening to us with with him? 
Yeah, I mean, that, that's it. And I, Having sort of been around the Wizards organization for a while, my gut tells me that uh, there's nothing the making them happier the than, than seeing him sort of light it up from everywhere. So they're going to uh, give what, him the max. Do, do, do you know who's on the board of Georgetown University, by the way? <laughs> who's that? Who we got? Who's on the board of Georgetown University? Who is it? Nice Ted Leonsis. Leonsis? <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> you think he's going to let, like, Otto Porter? No, it's not. Like, obviously, you know what I mean? Like, 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 everyone on the board of Georgetown University loves Otto Porter, right? Right. Like, they play in the same building. I think he's, he's going to go to those meetings and just be like, oh, yeah, we just traded him. Right. We let, we let him go. Like, I'm not, that's not why. You know what I mean? But it's like, and the, your team's doing really well. Right, because right. it's like it's a lot different. Where you can just be like, "Oh yeah, dude. Hey, we had to trade him. Like, you know, we're doing poorly. It wasn't working." It's like, so you guys are like, you know, doing really well. But the thing is, fuck that. I'm just giving you like a personal saying. But I'm saying like, so what would you do, John? You're the GM. Me and you, Ernie. What would you do? Yes, I mean, if it were me, I'm actually doing this uh, experiment uh, with with Jesse Blanchard at Basketball Breakdown, um, and I actually ended up trading Porter for who. Uh, I traded I traded Nicholson, Trey Burke, and Porter uh, for Vucevic and Jody Meeks, and then I picked up Will Barton um, from Denver to sort of fit in as a as a wing scorer. Uh, just because like as, as good as Porter's been this year, like I I'm just not confident. Two three years down the road, uh, he's going to be. Who's going to our wing? Who's going to our wings now? Jody Meeks. He he'd be off the bench. The starting no, no, five who's, would who's be. Go, who's going to the wings? Because Ubre is still around, no, and no, and Will I, Barton, I haven't got into. So Will Barton is guarding the wings. Okay. Will Barton is actually like not too bad of a defender. Like his defensive box score uh, is like minus one, which is is totally fair. So when you look at when you look at Porter, actually, like I, have, I have some numbers up here. Uh, I did a, a basketball reference search uh, for players this season with a defensive box score of zero, uh, which means their defensive impact. They're pretty much just like neutral defenders or better. Uh, Three-point field goal percentage uh, of 38.5% or better, and taking at least three threes a game. And there's only 10 players in the league who uh, fit this this category. So the first one's Kawhi Leonard, uh, Chris Paul, Gordon Hayward, uh, who's a monster, Otto Porter, uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope in Denver, or sorry, in Detroit, George Hill in Utah, Seth Curry, Iman Shumpert, Danny Green, and Manu Ginobili. So obviously, Porter... Is in some some rare category here. Is it Porter, uh, he's having like the most efficient season, like almost of all time in the NBA. Sure, right? absolutely, absolutely. He's having a, a very efficient season because my, of John Wall, question, though. It's because of John Wall. We know. Yeah, this. my my question, just like you know, I've seen him go head to head with guys. What like, do you do in Sacramento? Like, what do you do in Sacramento? What do you do in like whatever team, Denver, right? Like, yeah, I'm not. And that's so. That's not, the biggest question is is not whether he gets the max. He's going to get a max from someone. It's it's whether he's the the traditional max player because if if he goes up against Kawhi Leonard, he's going to get taken to the hole a lot and he's going to get torched. If he goes up against LeBron, just picture the matchup. If he goes against Giannis, like Jabari Parker, like those how, guys. How about, how about this, John? How about this, John? Like they're cut from a different cloth. How, how about like I'm, as good as been. How, how about like I'm just like I don't give a fuck, Ted Leonsis. Like the Cavs going to win the fucking Stanley Cup this year. The Mystics, you just traded for a really big baller. 
fuck you and your cheap ass shit. Let's go over the fucking. Let's go over this. Let's go over the fucking salary thing, right? Let's sign the to the max, and then we'll go next year. Next year with Bradley Beal and John Wall, healthy as skin, Odd Porter just as good, and we have one more year of Gortat and Markeith. And we'll we'll go over and we'll play the luxury tax and we'll try to win a fucking title. Yeah, that's right, what, right, that's right, what right, 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 right. Is it that's is that, is it, because like I've always been like like you know like and normally on this podcast I just rip on Ted Leonsis to a certain what extent. And by the way, Ted, just don't say anything right now. Like just let everything go, like 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 don't get out there. Like everything's really going really well with the cast and wizards. Like just don't say anything. But what I'm saying is it's like. He always would tell me from day one, like, he was like, oh, we'll only go over the sour cap if we had a chance. But, like, yo, bro, like, why can't this team have a chance, right? Like, LeBron's getting older. Like, are we scared of the Raptors that much? Like, why are we really, like, we don't think that if this team is playing the level they're playing and we just need, like, a Rudy Gay or we need someone else to like pay some money, some some guy to come in to like like stabilize the second unit a little bit. If the first unit's so healthy, we can't make a little one or two year run, and you have to pay a little bit more money. Like you know what I mean? Like it's hard for me to make that argument now because we've never been in that. You know what I mean? Like because we make, we missed the playoffs last year, it's hard for me to make that. But like, but if they resign Otto, like I feel like they like economically should. There's no way they don't. I mean, it, it, right? don't I, you think I just they, don't see the Wizards to. doing anything. They, they, have, to, they have to, though, don't you think? Yeah. Economically? Right. Because, like, here's the deal. Like, then what? Who do we get for $5 million bucks off the street? Right? Yeah, it's... it's and the thing is, like, Will Barton, for example, is a guy who... I think his contract I love, right now is... I like, I like Will Barton. Three and, a half, three and a half mil. Like, Rodney Hood's pretty cheap. Um, he's, he's injured right now, but, like, he's a good two-way player. Uh, he's dropping like forty percent from three. But John, but John, I'm not. I'm not even. How, how about this? I mean, I don't want to get in the. I mean, let's talk about Melo, right? Okay, so like uh, people were talking about Melo, blah blah. Like I was like, not interested. Okay, well I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know that's why. Let's just hear me out. Hear me out. And I was like, well, the only way the salary really works is, is to include Mahimi, right? Who has not Which, played, right? right. So why would the Knicks take his fucking big ass salary on for a dude who's been injured, right? Especially because it's not expiring, right? Like, yeah, yeah, Mahimi no, has like no, four no, years on no, it. Oh no, it's like twenty more million dollars later. Yeah. But if we throw in Ubre, we throw in Sadoransky in a pick, right? But then here's the deal: like, I'd be down with that because I, I'm ready to trade Ubre. And, and I'm ready to shoot. Are you? High. Yeah, I really am. Actually, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Yeah. He, he's he's not shooting well this year, but he's 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 massive. I want to sell high, fan. John. I finally want to sell high with the wizard. Like I don't. I finally want to sell high. Like, yeah, if you want to, sell, if, the thing is, if, if you're in the in the sell high market, like honestly, I don't think there's ever, it's ever going to get better than Otto Porter right now. But All you have to do is attach a shot chart. No, no, I'm saying sell high. To your email. Like promising sell high. You know what I mean? Like, you know how people sell, they throw picks and like promising young guys around. And like, we just like destroy young guys. But what I'm saying is that like, even if that would work, but here's the deal. I want Carmelo to come off the bench, yo. Like, Marquise should stay a starter. And, I'm, I don't, I'm, I just yeah. don't think and Carmelo would never do that in a million yeah, years, right? Done. In a million years, right? Like, maybe, like, four years from now, Carmelo might. But not right now, right? Yeah, no way. 
No way. So then it doesn't especially, really matter, right? Especially really like matter, right? with with the optics, he's not going to leave the Knicks to no come off the way. bench for DC. No way. No way. But the thing is, like, if he yeah. comes here, like, I, I, are we going to really like? Do we're a better team with Marquise at the four than Carmelo? There's no doubt. But in the playoffs, in the series, in the quarter where Drow, do we want to Melo have some isolation and get get some buckets? Yeah, but like that isn't like. We can't, we can't, like, make our team, like, whatever. But, like, that's not the rule he wants right now, right? So then, no. Right? Uh, so, 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 okay. So, this, okay, okay. Uh, let's keep going. Um, the future of the team. We're going to skip. What do you, what do you see uh, the future where we're headed? So, I guess I'll, I'll start by saying before the season, uh, obviously, Truth About It did some roundup about what people... Uh, thought the winner, Wizards would finish uh, oh, win loss right I, I was very cynical. <laughs> I I picked forty four wins before the season, uh, which is obviously like for the Wizards pretty good. They'll probably beat that. I don't know if they'll get to fifty. I guess uh, you know, you pointed out that stretch they have after the the All Star break. Um, I think that'll sort of say a lot about how focused this team is coming out. Um, so I mean. I, and the thing is, like, a lot of people are like, oh... What did you say? You said 43? I said 44. 44, yeah. So I know, like, you know, it's it's funny, sort of, like, the revisions issue where everyone's like, oh, like, everyone said this team was going to suck. It's like, no, we were just calling this team bad when they were 2-8. and eight. But obviously, yeah. you, we looked at the roster, or, you know, I looked at the roster. Salt was there. Obviously, the starters are great. Um, they were one of the best starting fives last year. The bench kind of stinks. You know, you stick him at 44. It's a winning record. It's good enough for playoffs. I mean, John Wall had fucking major knee surgery in the offseason. Let's not forget yeah, about like, that. Let's well, not forget about that, like, right? You know, calculating the win-loss, you think Beal's going to miss some time, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's like, you know, 44, still respectable playoffs in the East. They'll probably beat that. It's, like, good for them. Um, I, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm curious. To, I, I could honestly skip All-Star Weekend. Like, All-Star, the, the dunk contest not really too keen to watch. Like, I hope the, the D-League dude wins it. Uh, Three-point contest will obviously watch. That seems fun. Um, don't really care about the Rising Stars game. Ubre should be in there. He's not. Uh, you know, the All-Star game is fun, but, you know, last year I was in India when, when All-Star Weekend uh, came about and, like, watch maybe... Okay, John, 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 here we go. Okay, sport. ready? No, just give me the, give me the, give me the no, second half no, 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 before the All-Star break. Let's go. New Orleans on Saturday at home to extend. Okay. Cleveland on TNT on Monday night. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Go. Oh, that's buddy. Oh, buddy. Right? I'm, I'm, just because they're away and LeBron. Wednesday? Is, is are you going to be there next Wednesday? Uh, at Brooklyn? Next Wednesday? At Brooklyn. Uh, I went to a game, actually, I went to a Nets-Wizards game oh, that was terrible. Uh, earlier, and the Wizards, the Wizards won. Yeah, well, it was a close well, game. Oh, God, they were, their defense is so terrible. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, they came back and won. Uh, then Indy, at home. That's on ESPN, too. Before the All-Star break. No, 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 my bad, my bad. No, no. Then Oklahoma City, and then at Indy. So these are the games before the All Star break. That's so, three so, national so, so 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 holy shit! Can we we can win all these? I think. Yeah, can I mean the Wizards. Not, they're playing good enough to win them they, all they, for sure. Like, like I mean, I mean, maybe they lose at Indy just because like they're like 
I'm out of it. But like, for sure. I mean, they play Thursday night and don't play till Monday, so they should be up to play. And then Brooklyn's whatever, and you know they're gonna come bring against the run. Like, like John Wall is gonna bring against the run. Yep. <laughs> uh, so we're looking at. Uh, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready, John? Are you ready, John? Are you ready? Are you ready? 35 and 21? <laughs> is, that really, is that really the record? It could be. It could be, which is crazy. <laughs> right, 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 right. So, okay, so for the people listening, which I know, do you know the last time the Wizards won 50 games? It was probably in the 70s. Do you know a year? Do you right? know specifically? Yeah. Was it 78? No, one more, one more. 79? 79! It's the last time that the Wizards have won 50 games. So, like, uh, and they lost to Dennis Johnson in uh, the finals against Supersonics. They got fucking swept. He kicked their ass after we beat their ass in 78 to win the title, by the way. Which we don't, we forget about 79. Because, <laughs> like, 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 the Washington Bullets win in 78. Game seven on the road. I think it was like the first. There's only been a few teams actually that's ever done that. Uh, and then in '79, they had the best record and, and got swept. And Dennis Johnson went nuts. You know, God rest your soul, Dennis Johnson. Who ends up being on the Celtics? But fuck that shit. Uh, but my point is, is like, dude, if we're like 35 and 21, that means that this need to win. Like, like, have to mean more games after that, you know? Okay, okay, good, John. Okay, here, here, hot, 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 rapid fire before we leave, right? Okay, questions. Twitter, Twitter. Uh, Vladimir Jacobson wants to know: Should we trade for Boogie? Is it worth it uh, to break it up? Is it ever worth it? Or what? What we have to do now? Do like what I want, Boogie. Sure, I, I think. Is it worth Boogie's it? One of the, well, he's the most. Is it worth it? I mean, I, I think it is only because if you look at, and I guess this would be factoring what the the Kings would want back, and it potentially it's it's you know it's sure. probably Otto Porter, maybe Beal for sure, or Beal. Like, but if it's if it's one of those two guys that like you're you're trading, everyone but Wall. Come on, think about it. It's everyone but Wall. Yeah, and the thing about Boogie is like he is one of the most talented offensive players who can also rebound like a monster. Like, it's, it's a proven thing, right? He's still pretty young. He can shoot anyone inside the arc. His moves are ridiculous. Like, he's he's a, a guard he's or He's the best wing. big in the league. Yeah, like it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, yeah. He's one of the most talented. Like, is he the best? I don't know, because obviously attitude yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go... <sighs> Everyone but, but Wall to trade for Boogie. I mean, they, they'd be, yeah, sure. I'd have to see the deal, but, like, if you can get Boogie... With Wall again, I think you do it. Okay, okay. All right, uh, next question. Uh, any any minor trades that we can make at the trade deadline to make a difference to, I mean, I would say the second unit, obviously. Yeah. Can you can you move Andrew Nicholson? Uh, <laughs> we haven't talked to Andrew Nicholson, have we? The, the funny thing is, like, in that, in that basketball breakdown thing I'm doing, I actually gave Nicholson back to Orlando... <laughs> to get to get VG he's so boring and, dude I, I interviewed him he's got, like, I interviewed he's got him the post moves but like he doesn't have it 
Dude, I interviewed him at, uh, at Media Day. He literally was just like, like the boringest dude ever to the point where like everyone just like, like, like everyone just like went to Kelly Oubre. <laughs> like they, they'd rather go like 3D to Kelly Oubre than like really talk to how boring this fucking Canadian dude was. And I was like, yo man, like, and I was trying. He was a nice dude. Right? But I had no idea that he'd be this terrible, honestly, to the point where, like, but then also, again, that's also uh, a positive to Scott Brooks, who's buried his ass. It doesn't really care as a four-year contract for all this fucking money, right? Yeah, he didn't, I mean, he didn't give him a contract. Yeah. It's a guy who, like, as we pointed out, like, he he never broke in a rotation anywhere else, so, I mean, it's not surprising. Okay, okay, ready, ready, ready? This is my buddy, right? Do we need to look into bringing Lance Stevenson in? He could be a go-to scorer on the second unit and play great D. No. Ooh, like, ooh, tough one. It's my boy, I, by the way. It's my buddy's I don't, friend. I don't. It's, I, it's think hard doing, to, I think he's doing this just to egg me on because I do love me some Lance Stevenson. But keep going. I, I, I find it hard to to love Lance. Um, I mean, there's a reason he was. He's was he working out with the the Cavs because LeBron's so upset that he doesn't need, have he another play person maker. for his title, his championship yeah. run? Boo hoo! Keep going. No, I, I think it's a good mix. I say I say no also. I, I say no as well. Uh, who is Derek Jones Jones Jr.? <laughs> what question is that? <laughs> what? Yeah, I know. I know. Do you see this guy? He tweeted you as well. Oh, I think he's a dude in the dunk contest. Actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's played in like three NBA games. But apparently he's got some sick hops and he's going to win the dunk contest. The, he's in the dunk contest? Really? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's the guy I was talking about how I want to win. Like, what team? He's like 19 years old. What he's team? on the Suns. Suns. He's, right. he's played three games. He was born in 97, which is crazy. All right, um, all, right, all, right, all right. This is a great question because it goes back to the topic that we're skipping because we need to go here. Uh, this sums it up here, Reeves. Uh, Reeves, I'm sorry, Reeves. Fun fact attack. Great Twitter handle. Uh, looks like you have a dog. Reeves Garnett. How many more years does the success signal for our tormentor, Ernie? <laughs> it's so true, John. It's so true. Because, like... Alright, you go first before I go. What was, what was the question again? How many more years does this oh. recent success signal <laughs> for our tormentor as a Wizards fan? His name, Mr. Ernie Grunfeld. Right. Well, it's... The thing it's a great is, question. Like, it's a great it, it took it's it, it took question. me. Yeah, it's a great question, and it took me some time to sort of get over this. But um, you know, obviously, Grunfeld isn't GM. He's he's team president. Yes, uh, correct. Uh, his daughter's on like she's like biz development for Snag Films. Was Leon's is an investor, and like the ties between Grunfeld and Leon's just run pretty deep. Uh, the fact that the Wizards are now winning, you know, ticket sales have been good enough. Blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, obviously Leon just feels good enough about the capital he can sling around that he has, like, not one but two Arena Football League teams. Like, Leon just is, is, is happy with the job Grunfeld is doing. So the secret extensions are not, like, I, I've gotten over this at some point, you know, in the summer or in the first couple of week, days of the season. But, like, it's, it's a marriage that's built to last. So to answer your, your question, uh, Twitter friend, like, it, if they're together forever. Uh, 
Death, taxes, and Grunfeld. Anyone that's listens to podcast know this is what I would say. And Reeves, like, here's the deal. It's like, okay, this is, this is be fair. This would be fair. Of what we've seen this season, how much can you say is Ernie Grunfeld? I would say Scott Brooks. I'm not giving him credit for John Wall being awesome. I'm not giving him credit for Bradley Beal being awesome. I will not be giving him credit for fucking Otto Porter being awesome. I will give him credit, I guess, partially for Gortat and Markeith, right? And that's really it, right? I guess Uber, sure, yeah. a, a, Uber a little bit, but like if yeah, you really look at I the just, core, I, don't, I just think there's some like, frustration. I can't, give, I, can't, I can't give him, I can't give him fucking credit. For drafting the number one player in the draft or the third pick in the draft, right? That right. is developing to be that, right? Now, well, I hate on him if that third pick doesn't work out, right? But come on, man. Everyone that listens to this podcast knows what I'm talking about. And let's go back. What's our offseason? What does this offseason really produce? What has Jason, what Jason Smith does? Let's, let's look at it. Like, it's, it's Jason Smith, Yon Mahimi, and fucking Andrew Nicholson and, and, and Trey Burke. So, like, so what of those four players gave to this fucking success of this team, which was all the money of Ernie Grunfeld in his front office? And what did they produce? They have produced, like, Trey Burke kind of feeling it out, but we just traded a conditional second round pick, so that doesn't really matter. So, we've tied up all this money into Jason Smith, Yamihimi, and Andrew Nicholson. And only one player plays, and he's played a little bit better. So it's really hard for me, you know, after we miss out on Kevin Durant and, and Al Horford, to give him any, in, in, in like, in like, yeah, you won't give him the benefit of the doubt, per se. But, like, yo, bro, like, but here's the deal. The, the only reason I'm really, oh, God, John, I'm going to go off on a tangent, and we're going to end Don't this. do it. Okay. Don't do it. But, but, no, but, the, but the thing is, is, like, it isn't just, like, Hey guys, this is the off season, right? This is a three year plan. You yeah. know what I mean? Like this is what you told me for three years, John. You know what I mean? Like this is what you said every off season to me. Like we just gotta wait. We gotta wait for this season. Gotta wait for this off season, right? And I like I give you a pass. I give you a pass. And like here's the deal. Hey man, it's it's cool if it don't work out. You don't get you don't get KD. You know, fuck, Oklahoma City can't even keep KD. You know what I mean? Like, you know, it sucks that we can't get a meeting, right? Yeah. But, like, but like, but like, you don't get Al Horford, whatever. You don't get Ryan Anderson. It don't matter. But the fact of the matter is that you told us as fans and as journalists that this is your year. And this is why we don't do these certain things, right? We don't keep these certain players. And then what, it, what manifested to it, John? It literally is... Andrew Nicholson, Jason Smith, Jamal Mahimi, and Trey Burke. And Trey Burke is like not even the money though. Like it's like a trade. The Jazz traded him to the Wizards for like a middle schooler. So then now you want to be like, well, the team's playing well now, so you should just forget all that. You know what I mean? Like, and I think I think Albert Burn, Albert Bernico or Bernico at Deadspin sort of summed it up perfectly. He's really yeah, he, he's, 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 he's great there. Like, I sort of like feel a spiritual connection with him because it's funny because he goes through all the reasons why the Wizards are good this season. And then he goes, huh, you're thinking. Sounds like Grunfeld and Leones actually have done a good job after all. 
hell no they haven't, is his immediate next sentence. And he goes down to all the reasons like Beal, it took him five years to become just above average. Um, you know, Whitman didn't need to be the coach for that long, which we always said. Ian Mahimi is like just, you know, his body's dissolving on the bench, um, et cetera, et cetera. So like they, they looked into a scenario where uh, Porter learned how to shoot threes. Beal's better than he ever has. Uh, Wall's obviously well, still great. Well, go, but back to, having a... well, go back to your session saying like you, you were talking about like, like how this five has played like the most minutes. We've also been the most healthiest, right? Yeah. Like, is that is that not like a like, you know what I mean? Like we're sitting here complaining about how they're going to wear down, but we're also talking about like how we've had this like cohesive five unit for more minutes almost than any team in the league. Sure, right? Now, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, the it's the, it's the, the yang though. But go back to what you're saying because like it's still it's still relevant. Like I mean, like the fact of the matter is, is like it's like. You tonight, like who went off on us? Jordan Clarkson. We sold the pick and didn't draft him, right? Yeah, like, I like, miss Jordan Clarkson. You know what I mean? Like it's like it's like it's like we traded up and like these things is like it's like uh John Wall this summer goes, you know, and him and Bradley Beal supposedly hate each other or whatever. Bradley Beal was like like John Wall's interviewed, he's like, Yeah, we need an, we need another piece. They never get another piece. Like and John Wall has been screaming about a stretch four and shooters his whole seven years, right? Right, and like they like what, like like who we got like you know like what Markeith now, but he's not really a yeah, three point shooter, right? Yeah, ish, right? But like you know what I'm he's, talking he's about, like, pretty well, but no, no, but you know what I'm saying? Like it's like it's like these things where you're like, uh, you're like, hey, but here's the deal, too, John. Ready, ready? I like Tommy Shepard. Yeah, and, and Tommy Shepard. Well, aside from the fact that, like, I know you've always liked Tommy Shepard, and I've liked Tommy Shepard, and uh, and I have a, t- I mean, this is, I mean, I don't want to say it's like a personal thing, but like, yeah, like I like Tommy Shepard personally. He's really nice to me. I think he's sharp, and he's been up for multiple GM jobs. And the Wizards have actually been like. The Nuggets GMs from the Wizards. They have people from all these other people who have been from the Wizards back in the day. Because Ernie is kind of like, you know, like, it's kind of weird. Is in the sense that, like, Ernie is, like, kind of overlooking all these things. Or sometimes it's, like, a weird, that's where the team president thing you're talking about comes in. You know? And, like, there's a team and shit. And, like, and they, they'll make these arguments or whatever. So, but then it's, like, um, uh, you made a good hire with Scott Brooks. And all stuff like, what do you? Th- but here's the deal: like, how much crow should we have to eat, and how much like should be concerned about the future? Like, how how good? I want I want any of us know, John, because we gotta go. How much? Like, like right now, right now. Can I give you the standings? Let's, let's go to the standings. Let's go to the standings. I ha- I have it open. All right, ready? We're in fourth place in the Eastern Conference right now. Twenty-nine twenty. <laughs> Uh, third place are the Toronto Raptors at 30 and 20, who we basically just kicked the shit out of two years ago and swept them. Uh, uh, what, you know, as Wale, like, uh, took the, the belt around the Verizon Center and talked shit to Creative, talk creative shit to, liaison. Oh, yeah, and talked shit to, talked shit to Drake. It was amazing. Uh, and they are, they are struggling. They're three and, the Raptors in third place are three and seven in the last ten. Uh, we're nine and one. In our last ten, just, 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 yeah, this is continue this conversation. Uh, 
The Boston Celtics are 31-18, so we are two games behind them. They're 7-3. They've won five in a row. They have not lost since we beat them. <laughs> and, and Isaiah Thomas is a beast. Yeah, he's so good. He's so good. He's so good. Did you, so fun to watch. Did you, did you know my question got on SportsCenter? Did I tell you that? Yeah, I heard you maybe yeah. mention it on Twitter. Yeah, oh, 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 dude. Like, no. Dude, okay. I'll get. I'll end on that, but let's keep going. So, uh, the first place is the Cleveland Cavaliers at 15 losses. We have 20. Uh, they're five and five in the last 10. Uh, so we're four and a half against Cleveland Cavaliers, who, by the way, we play on a Monday night. So, uh, John, before I tell you about uh, my debut on Sports Center, how? I mean, I mean, behind us are the Hawks. Who, whatever the Pacers and the Bulls and the Hornets, like I, I don't, I don't feel any of those teams I'm looking at right now are gonna gonna overcome. So I feel like the Wizards are gonna kind of just kind of chill in the fourth or fifth. But I also feel like how much do you think that? I mean, obviously the one seed feels like unrealistic, but like where do you see this team right now? Do you feel like what kind of like when you look at like the Raptors, Celtics, or the Cavs, like what realistic? Like jump can we make if we continually play at this level? See, so I guess when you were we were asking the question, I think the Wizards right now, as they're currently constructed, are playing as well as they possibly can. Um, obviously, bench minutes are limited. John Wall's playing as good as I've ever seen him. Beal's hitting shots. Porter's hitting everything. Gortat, career high uh, field goal percentage, career year for him. Really, he's rebounding great. Morris is hitting threes. Like this team. I don't know if they can play much better than they are right now, which also like makes me worried because you know the old the like classic trope in any sports talk uh, is you know you have to get you have to get hot at the right time, and you know are the Wizards peaking too soon? Yeah, I don't know. I guess I guess I don't so, know. Like, We've won sixteen in a row at home, bro. Like you know what I mean? Like what are we peaking? I, that's the thing. So like, you know, like, like we just continue that's, whatever that's game why, at home. That's why you know. This is like, like, like you know, we're going to beat the Hornets on Saturday. You know this, right? We're going to be okay. favored I mean, by eight points, and we should if we beat the Cavs, we'll win eighteen games in a fucking row. Like, no, I don't want to interrupt you, but like, I get you, I feel that. But like, yeah, at some I mean, point, it's we, like, like what's we've been seeing this stuff since you know the ugly teal jerseys and the gold star with with Gilbert Arenas. Like, so how do you think it's going to shake out? That's why I'm just like, you know, let's just skip All-Star Weekend, get to the second half of the season. Is is any of this sustainable? Because my biggest question, and I, I think I tweeted this like a while can ago. We get home, can know, we get home court for the playoffs? Uh, I mean, it, it depends what they sort of – there's so many questions I have that it's just going to take time to answer. I, I just want – I just run, want the second half run, Can we run it up? Can we run this out to the point where, like, what we're talking about with, like, you know, like uh, – Oh hey, like you know, John Wall needs to take up games off, or so you know, like you know, like Marquise nice. Marquise tweaked his ankle, or Gortat's a little banged up, right? Like, but yeah, we've like run it up where it doesn't really matter, right? That that you know actually, what I'm you know, what I'm saying actually, like that might be the best, the best course. For the well, so so so, what do you think though, John? Like third, fourth, two? Yeah, I think I think a, a top four finish is. is I, feel, totally I, feel like, I feel like I'm not high enough to say Cavaliers. Yeah, <laughs> but I think LeBron is just like continually like bitching and shit, man. Like, like they're so. Do you know the Cavs are like so bad? 
Yeah, right look at the struggling right and now. Actually, but again, like actually, actually, to tell you the truth, you know who really LeBron doesn't think, care about the you, you know what I think is like the two best teams in the East right now, which is kind of fucked up to say. It's like I think it's the Wizards and the Celtics right now. <laughs> like playing the best ball right now. Yeah, like, but again, like Le- LeBron no, and the no, Cavs no, don't no, care no, about regular season. No, 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 I, no, 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 I, no. I know LeBron's out there, like you know, fucking like going he does this every Char- year, going off about Charles Barkley and whining. He and, does like, it every and, year. and like the Raptors are having their thing, but like I just say, like who's playing the most consistent ball in the Eastern Conference right now? I would say it's, I see it's the Wizards and the Celtics. Yeah, it doesn't mean sure. it doesn't mean that they're one and two. But I don't see like. But here's the deal: what I'm saying is I don't see that the Hawks, the Pacers, the Bulls, the Hornets, or the Pistons jumping the Wizards right now. The way we're playing. Yeah, and I'm with you there. You know what I mean? Like maybe the Hawks have some four or five. But like I think that they're gonna make a decision to pro like they should trade Millsap honestly. Like I don't know if they're gonna. Yeah, do they've it, been they've been but they talks, should, but they should do it. I think. Yeah. You know, and I think they're, they're like they're they're like half tanking. It's it's been a weird season for them. No, no, I mean they traded Corver to the Cavs. Like, what do you yeah. do? Like, I mean, I got you got a pick and shit, but like, like and, and like the thing is, is like the Celtics, like you know, like it's a great rivalry, and, and the Raptors are still. First of all, the Raptors and the Cavs are still better than the Wizards. I'm not saying that or not. They are. The Celtics, nah. Like, I'm not going to argue. But, like, if, if, this, if the Cavs and the, and the Raptors are, are all cylinders in, in the regular season, they play better than the Wizards. Whether or not they win, like, I think the Wizards still will beat the Raptors potentially in a seven-game series. If LeBron is LeBron, then no one would beat LeBron in the East. We agree, Correct. That's been sort of proven year after year. Yeah, right, right. I mean, maybe not yeah. next year or the year after, but like this year for sure, I think. But like, no, but like he's just pissed because he knows that he can't beat the beat the Warriors. That's what he's fucking having his tantrum about. Is that what his tantrum is about? Like, it's not about the East. It's about like, <laughs> like the one game he lost the Warriors and he's like loses his shit, dude. Right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's it kind of reminds me of. Uh, of Trump calling every sort of step along the, the political process rigged yeah. uh, only to win and then be like, well, I didn't care if that it was rigged cause I won. Cause he's like, man, if, if I had Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant and Draymond Green around me, like this would be easy. Uh, but then again, if he beats the Warriors in the finals, he'll be like, "We'll see. I, I did it anyway. I'm I'm great." But John, I'm John, great. John, 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 would you trade? Ke- would mean, you trade Kevin Love for Carmelo? I wouldn't at all. No, I wouldn't. Right? So what the fuck? Are I you don't talking want Carmelo about? on my team, man. No, no, but like, well, like, no. Set that. Set your Carmelo hate aside. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, trade Carmelo for Kevin Love? That, that, that's not. That doesn't help your team. I don't think at all. Yeah. Right? I would. I would do, trade. Do yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't think it does either. Um, and obviously, like Porzingis isn't going anywhere. Um, I don't. It's, it's tough. I, I just, I feel like they just need to get back to playing the basketball they can. How about this? How about the next segment? Where would you trade Carmelo? You live in New York. You're next. You're next in New York guy now because you know. I'm biting my lip about what I really want to say about truth about it. But uh, what, like, if you're Obviously, Phil is done. Like what? Like Carmelo has a no trade clause. Like, like what? Like you're gonna trade Austin Rivers and Jamal Crawford or some shit to the Clippers? Like, I don't really see like anything that goes where Carmelo really wants to go. 
right? Yeah. Do you? I, I, th- I think he's he's happy. I think I think just whoever's whoever's building the team needs to start constructing it around Poison. No, 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 no. Go, go, go back. Like, what is what, like if you want to trade Carmelo, like where would you trade him? If, even though his the like, trade clause, like currently, like Houston, I don't think so. Like, because like, he wants to go to somewhere there's a contender potentially, right? Yeah. It's not gonna be on. It's not gonna be for love. It's not gonna be. On, it's not gonna be on the Warriors. And like, if the if the cat if the Clippers have nothing to do, right? Then it's like, who else, right? Yeah, it's 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 a tough question. I mean, Porzingis apparently wants him to stay. He says he wants to stay. So I don't know, it, if I were the if I were the Knicks, I'd be willing to to listen to any offer. I mean, and then they don't. Like, like, well, the thing is, like, then he makes twenty some fucking million dollars next year. And then yeah, the Knicks, are, the Knicks aren't like trying to compete for a championship and, and, right now. Like, and despite then, and then they have a player know. option the next the next year. But here's the deal, okay? In the reason that's why I was talking about the like when I said my my trade would be a first year first round protected, Ubre and Mahimi, and maybe Sadaransky for Carmelo. But that's only if Carmelo will come off the bench, but I feel like he will not. Yeah, I agree. Right? Because, like, here's the deal, dude. Like, I feel like when we play this fucking playoff series, whatever, do you not want Carmelo getting loose in the fourth quarter a little bit? Yeah, of course. Right, I mean, right, 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 right? Like, I want that luxury. But, like, I know that chemistry-wise, like, that's just not going to be what he wants to do, right? And, like, and Marquis plays defense and will rebound, which Carmelo will just fade in the corner and shit, right? And so it's like, uh, so last question, John, before I go. Uh, me, what should Wizards fan expect about Yao Mahimi? Should we expect anything? <sighs> well, hopefully, he can, hopefully he, can, he can suit up this year and... and uh, he's, he's French. His suit game's on point, but... Brooke, yeah, Brooke says he's almost ready to to play ball. I mean, we actually have an interesting story uh, in the works from from Truth About. It's Adam Rubin. Um, so look for that coming up soon at, at truthabout.net. But uh, you know, a lot of a lot of his former teammates had a lot of good stuff to say about him. So like, I guess he's a know, good we'll guy. See. He was really nice to me. Yeah, we'll we'll that. see whether it was just like politics or or what he could bring. I mean, he's, he's obviously like a pretty good defensive big, but I don't. I'm sort of with Kyle here that I don't think he's going to be like the savior off the bench. Um, especially just, you know, when you think about how well Gortat's playing, um, playing in fourth quarters, you know, they can't really be on the court together at the same time. So, um, no, 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 but John, but John, John, like, he's like, I mean, I get that. He's not the saver for like, the bench unit, but like, like, bro, like, he is like a legitimate like rim protector. Yeah, for sure. You know, like if he's healthy, like he does one thing: is go to the rim. And he's seven foot and blocks fucking these big dudes out and throws elbows and protects the rim. I mean, right. like, like I mean, whether or not he scores or rebounds or all that shit. I mean, his, like, his offense is better I mean, than I people think, but yeah, he's not. Yeah, yeah, I mean, John Wall can probably make him a little bit better, right? But like, I'm right. saying, like, there isn't just like, oh, we, we like. He isn't like like a wing player. Like, oh, we gotta get him going. No. Like, get his it's, get his three point shot. It's like, yo, bro. Like, are you healthy? Run to the fucking rim. Right. And, 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 and also- battle Drummond. And battle Horford. 
and battle Dwight Howard, right? You know what I mean? Like it's like it's like go to those motherfuckers and fucking elbow those fuckers, especially on the second unit. You know, what I, mean? I don't know if that really matters. Matters. So like that's why I have a little bit more. Like not that he's gonna change, change, but whenever he gets healthy, like I feel like he's gonna be a little bit more. Like you can see a little bit more difference with him. Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I just I just don't think if, if anyone's expecting him to be. Um, you know, Hassan Whiteside or DeAndre Jordan, they're going to be disappointed. But like, will the Wizards take him off the bench? Sure. I mean, what team? What team wouldn't? Just you know, he hasn't played this year, and it's kind of frustrating. Okay, okay, actually, actually, you know what's fucked up, John, is that we didn't ask, we didn't actually answer the dude's question. Like, what what type of player does the Wizards need <laughs> for a trade? Trade like not who would trade, but like what? Who who is this team missing? What type of player? For the stretch run, that's the question. Like, I want to. Yeah, uh, I I kind of like. It's a good another, question, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I, it's tough because we obviously have so much. The Wizards have so much cap space tied up in players that don't play. But um, oh, no, we have get, flexibility, though, dude. We can cut a lot of these rookies. I cut Thornton tomorrow. Like, yeah, Thornton's know. trash. But I, I guess what the two things uh, I would Chef look you, for, I would cut a Chef you too. But keep going. Yeah, I mean, because the thing is, his skill set is exactly like Mahin. No, he's no, just I, no I, keep, I keep McCollin, but I, I cut the rest, actually. So we have, uh, we have, three, we have three fucking rosters. Keep- I, would, I would either look for, like, a young big, um, like a, a stretchy, potentially type of big, but just another young big um, who could come off the bench or contribute, like, even start in, in some games, um, or another, like, wing scorer. Um, you know, I mentioned Rodney Hood today. Uh, I mentioned Will Barton. Um you know, a guy who can create his own shot, and you know, I don't, I don't think it should come down to like Trey Burke or Sadoransky or even Ubre who can't shoot with a lick so far this year. Okay. Um, how about Ubre can't dribble, can't dribble right? By the way, yeah, I mean Porter was like that. He couldn't dribble left either um, for years and years. So I mean, he's a young guy too. So I mean, we'll we'll see. But yeah, so someone off the bench, either like the three or four, I think would the best be the best move for the Wizards. So, so, so should we scout like what's happening in China right now? Because I feel like we can have a bargain. We can like, we can get some guy in China, maybe for like a That'd playoff cool. run, right? Like some yeah, really cheap, I'm into it. right? Like Wilson Chandler back in the day, day. Yeah, you know, like you know what I mean. Like there's like some people out. Well, there. Chandler's Chandler's playing right now. He's in Denver. Oh, he's in Nuggets. No, but he was in China yeah. back in the day, day. Yeah, he was in like, China you know for a while. Like, I think like, like, like with some Lance. guy like that. How about how about Chris Singleton? Uh, he's gonna be on the pod. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, I, I haven't seen him play ball in a while, but uh, like that was a joke. But like, you know yeah. what I mean? like we can't bring Chris Singleton back. But like someone like we're just like you're a pro player. You went over there, did some things. Like we'll yeah, give you like you know, and, who, and one of my favorite players of all time, James Singleton. You know, back in the day, to, uh, Swaggy P. Uh, fuck Swaggy P. His name's uh, Nick Young. Uh, did you feel uh, your feelings about Nick Young before we move on? Uh, you know, one one time wizard knucklehead. How, 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 how about this? How about this? How about this? Let me ask this question. I'll line it up. Okay, ready? Nick Young, Andre Blotch, Javel McGee, Jordan Crawford. Personally, talking to them personally, how would you rank them? In terms of in personally, terms of personally, like knowing them as a per- person. Uh, well, I've, I've had some some fun Twitter exchanges with Jordan Crawford, so he'd be up there. I mean, Nick Young was always really, you know, soft spoken, laid back, 
Cali guy. Yeah. Uh, I got what I missing. I guess, I guess, like, Blotch last. Um, Blotch is last. Really? Yeah, I think because because even like McGee gives you know used to give some some good uh, stuff for the record. So, um, wow, yeah. So so, so t- like Blotch is number one with me actually. Well, yeah. playoff start here. <laughs> the captain, the captain. Did you, did, <laughs> did you read about Lee doing that? I talked about the captain. Uh, uh, the only one that was a dickhead was Javel actually to me. Uh, like, like Crawford at the end it was kind of like I kind of felt like he was like what's up and Nick was all like hi man what's up man <laughs> like, like, the best three point shooter yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. they came back like Duvall was like so mean and like Andre was just lazy you know what I mean like, yeah, it was just like Andre's lazy and like and then Jordan was just kind of like yo man I'm from Detroit man what up man Detroit, yeah, like, I, I think he got a raw deal but oh yeah oh, of course I like, of, I like course, of course oh I love me some G-Craw I love some G-Craw like, those are some fun times I mean shit actually to tell the truth like we could actually probably bring back Andre Blanche <laughs> like from China would be good uh, that will never happen uh, because he's out of shape and terrible. But uh, can't be on too long. Uh, anything to tell the people? Um, how much? How Adam McGinnis is like the coolest guy I've ever met. Uh, he's he's pretty or, damn or, cool. Or, or, or like or like or like Kyle, we I sold me out as a friend, but like I'm, I, I'll wait I'll wait I'll wait that out for the next podcast. Yeah, I won't get into that one. Tell the people, go read your piece on Auto Porter. We'll yeah, go read my piece on Auto Porter. It's at truthabout.net. And then tomorrow, uh, you can, you'll can you be actually listening to this on truthabout.net because you, Adam, are going to throw it yes, online, right? Yes, yes, yes. yes. It's, I, I owe Kyle this for sure. Thank you, everyone, for listening to me and John ramble on. But uh, you enjoyed it. And as always... Wizards.
Red 